Hey there, future friends. This week, we have to keep an eye on the kids. We have to act like a spy. And we have to remind an old friend who's boss. This is the week of March 3rd, 2023. And Future Flicks is back from hiatus. friends welcome to the show welcome back i am sorry i stepped away for a bit but it, it was needed for some mental health and now here i am to tell you once again about the movies i did so happen to miss talking about quantumania you know ant-man and the wasp quantumania which i have been hearing so many mixed reviews about and oddly enough i trust those who liked it because some people these days, it's really become cool to hate Marvel. I'm no, I don't mean really cool, but it seems like there's this group of people out there who are just like so anti-Marvel. Like if Marvel doesn't constantly give us endgame quality, then we're going to riot kind of people. Forgetting what a rocky start the MCU had and how every phase has had their lackluster movies. But people I trust said it may not be the best, but it is fun and it sets up Kang and Jonathan Majors so well, and that's what I trust, and I'm still going to see the movie. I will get back into the habit of seeing big movies when they come out and doing an episode for it, but that may take a bit, so please bear with me while I do that. And I'm also running around in my own head with ideas for other shows I could do, with themed shows talking about movies. So stay tuned for all of that, but let us talk about what it is I do on this show, just in case this is your first episode. And if you're brand new, you may not know what to expect from this show, so allow me to tell you, on this show, Future Flicks with Billiam, I go over every film coming out during the week. I have a couple websites I use. I find out all of the films that are releasing to VOD, to limited release, and streaming, and nationwide. Find all those. I watch the trailers, and I break them up into two categories. The first category is called the Limited Releases which is any movie that's not getting a nationwide release or released to a major streaming service, and also did nothing to catch my eye. Hey, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but movies sell themselves to us through their trailers, so I do put a lot of stock into that. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. Maybe I'll give a thought or two, but then I'll just move on. The next section is wide releases and interesting indies, where I go, hey friends, these movies are worth a note, because in that section I say what the movie is, what they're about, and who's in it, but then I also give my thoughts for every film, and then I give it a score which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score. That score can go anywhere from a zero for those awful films that have no business being made, to an 11 for those films that just make me oh so excited to be a movie fan. So without Further ado, let us jump into the limited release section with a movie called Love at First Kiss. This movie is actually supposedly coming to Netflix because I did see it on Netflix. I just went there right now, but I can't 
find a trailer for it. God help me if any of you check when this episode comes out and when has been released, but I swear to you, I know how to use a search engine and I know how to use YouTube, and I did not find a trailer for this one. But it's called Love at First Kiss, follows the story of a 16-year-old who finds he can see the whole future of a romantic relationship when he kisses a girl for the first time. This stars no one of note and is a actually very interesting idea. I just wish I could see any clue as to how the movie could possibly be. But it's funny that this guy in the movie could kiss people to see their whole future, but I can't even see the trailer. So I cannot put this in the wide releases or give it a score. Next up, it's a movie called The Head Mistress. And this is the first of three films. The other two are later in this section that I almost put in the wide releases and interesting indies. And if it was a shorter week, I, I may have done it. But let's just talk about it. So The Head Mistress limited release. When a debt-ridden teacher inherits an abandoned lakefront inn, she and a group of potential buyers visit the property, where they discover a dark, sinister secret and a malignant, supernatural presence determined to keep them forever. This stars no one of note, and it looks like an interesting haunted house horror movie, but it just didn't look good enough for me to put it in this section. I'll tell you what this movie is, though. This is the type of movie to go to some streaming service like Tubi or something else like that. One of the free ones where you just have to watch a couple ads and you get to watch the whole movie. Something like that. That wouldn't be bad to watch on Halloween or leading up to Halloween. That's the kind of movie this is. So like I said, stars no one of note. Next up in the limited release section is a movie called Palm Trees and Power Lines. And this gives me the ick. A disconnected teenage girl enters a relationship with a man twice her age. She sees him as a solution to all her problems, but his intentions are not what they seem. I wonder what his intentions are. This stars Jonathan Tucker from the movie Kingdom. But maybe you can see why this movie gives me the ick. And I think the reason it gives me so much of the ick is because watching the trailer, it, it just seems so realistic. And I think that's what bothered me about it. But don't get me wrong, the fact that it bothered me has nothing to do with the fact why it's in this section. It just also kind of looks very forgettable. Next up is a movie called Transfusion. A former Special Forces operative must thrust into the criminal underworld to keep his only son from being taken from him. This stars Sam Worthington from Avatar. And maybe Sam Worthington will start to get better roles after this because Avatar is a thing again and people are going to remember that he, he can act. Sam Worthington's not bad. Uh, remember for that summer when he was like hot sh**? It was like one or two years when he did Avatar, then he did the... Uh, Clash of the Titans movies, and then the Terminator movie. Like, he was pretty big stuff for a while and then kind of fell off. Maybe he's going to make a comeback now, but not with this movie. Next up, My Future Friends is the next movie in the section that could have made it, because I do actually see myself watching this movie later, because I think my wife would be interested, because a movie she likes a lot is called P2. It's a good film. It's a good horror film set around Christmas, and this gives me P2 vibes. So this movie is called Hunt Her, Kill Her, another limited release. On an otherwise peaceful evening during her first night on the job, a lone night shift janitor finds herself in an unexpected fight for survival when she becomes a target of sinister, masked intruders. As their disturbing motives become clearer, she must use her crafty instincts and barbaric violence to make it through the night alive. This stars no one of note. So really quick about P2, if you've never seen it, it's, it's a good film. It's about this woman who's leaving for the holidays and she works in like 
the Empire State Building, or maybe not exactly that building, but some building, big building in New York that has its own parking garage. And she's leaving for the night, but her car doesn't work. She's the last person out. Everyone else is gone. And the night guy, the night security guy for the parking garage kidnaps her. And then she has to try to escape being the only one in this parking garage on the Christmas Eve. This gives me that vibes because obviously in P2, what could his motives be for kidnapping her? Maybe it's something super creepy and horribly sinister. Maybe that's what these guys want to do too in Hunt Her, Kill Her. I don't know. But with movies like this, I like to make sure that the sexual violence is not too obscene. You know, that, that it's maybe hinted at. Because I don't think that's something we need to see. I know a lot, of, a lot of horror people, horror directors and stuff, rely on that. And I think that's lazy. So I can't put this movie in that other section and basically until I know. But if you don't have the same hangups that I do, maybe this could be for you. Two movies left, my friends. Let's talk about The Donor Party, which I read initially as The Donner Party. So I thought I was going to get some cannibalism going, but no, it's not. Jacelyn wants a baby. But after a messy divorce and fruitless years of online dating, she realizes she doesn't need a husband to become a mother. She and her best friends hatch a plan to get her pregnant at a very special party, which is not weird at all. This stars Malin Ackerman from Watchmen, Rob Corddry from Hot Tub Time Machine, Jerry O'Connell from Kangaroo Jack, and Ryan Hansen from Veronica Mars. And yes, for Jerry O'Connell, I said Kangaroo Jack. Remember that film? I bet he wishes he didn't. I bet Anthony Edwards wishes he didn't remember it either. Or I don't know. They, maybe they could look at that film like Michael Caine likes Jaws 3. No, Jaws 4. Jaws 4, The Revenge. He says, I didn't like the movie, but I like the house it bought me. Anyway, the donor party looks, it looks dumb. It looks so dumb. Even though I like this cast, I like Malin Ackerman. She's been in a lot of movies I actually quite liked, and I think she does a good job in all of them. And the supporting cast, I think, is also really good. But I'm honestly not sure how I feel about the premise, because her whole idea is that she just wants a sperm donor, but she can't find anyone that fits. So she's just going to hook up with a guy at a party and hope she gets pregnant, and then seemingly not let him in on it, which has this whole other moral thing that we let's not even get into. But even if it wasn't for that slightly weird premise, it, it just doesn't look that funny. And with a cast like that, and with something that's quite obviously trying to be a comedy, I should have laughed at least once in the trailer, and it got nothing for me. So my future friends, the final movie in the limited release section is one called Blueback. This follows Abby, a child who befriends a magnificent wild blue grouper while diving. When Abby realizes that the fish is under threat, she takes inspiration from her activist mom, Dora, and takes on poachers to save her friend. This is a movie from Australia and stars Rada Mitchell from Silent Hill, Eric Bana from Hannah, I didn't realize that rhymed, good for me, and Mia Wasikowska from Stoker. So I'm down for the whole activist thing, I'm down for the whole protecting wildlife and the ocean and stuff like that, but looking at this as just a movie, a child befriends a grouper? Look up what that fish looks like if you don't know off the top of your head, which I wouldn't be surprised. It's a weird fish. But, I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen. There's There were stories of, like, you know, divers making friends with eels and stuff like that. And, and like, Andre the seal and things like that. But this seems a little dumb. 
Like this kid's going, this fish is my friend. My fish probably doesn't even know you exist. It probably sees you and goes, what's this? Is it going to feed me? But no, even though I do like the cast, this looks absolutely stupid and I'm going to skip it. So my future friends, that is it for the first part of the show. Let us take our first and only break as we hear word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. And we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa, which by the time this episode comes out, should have already celebrated their 200th episode. And I told them that those bitches need to stop because they cannot catch up with me with the way they're going. They're going to, and we can't have that. I surpassed Somewhat Nerdy. I surpassed Nerds of the Squared Circle. I surpassed Watch Your Mouth. I am number one. Me. I'm good at like one thing. Let me, let me have this. We'll be back. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. fine. My future friends, welcome back to the show. Let us jump into the wide releases and interesting indies. There are four of them this week. And the first one is called A Little White Lie. This is the first of two limited release movies in this section. When a handyman living in New York City is mistaken for a famous and famously reclusive writer, he's brought to a university where he is to deliver a keynote address to save the school's literary festival. This stars Michael Shannon from Knives Out, Kate Hudson from Almost Famous, Don Johnson from Nash Bridges, Peyton List from Cobra Kai, Zach Braff from Scrubs, Divine Joy Randolph from Only Murders in the Building, Jimmy Simpson from Westworld, and M. Emmett Walsh from Blade Runner. So this looks like one of those comedies that somehow get a really good cast that just flies under the radar, because I knew nothing about this until I started doing the notes for this show. I think this is going to slip by a lot of people, and it's a shame because this does look like it could be pretty good. It has a stacked cast, not huge, but a cast that would have been, you know, really impressive like 10, 15 years ago, and... So it is kind of impressive today, but not enough to really make waves. But come on, Michael Shannon, great. Kate Hudson, come on. Don Johnson, let, let, do I have to go through the list again? No, I don't. I won't do that. But it is an interesting idea. Things like it have been done before, but I like the fact that it's not such a common thing for, for movies to do that it doesn't feel old hat by now. So Michael Shannon is confused for this reclusive writer that wrote one book and disappeared. And I'm not sure if he's purposefully going with it because he just wants free stuff or he wants the attention or if he doesn't understand. But according to the trailer, it looks like the author eventually shows up, who's played by Zach Braff, unless there's going to be a bigger turnaround 
And then we're going to find out that Michael Shannon is actually the real author and Zach Braff is faking. But this looks like it could be good, but later. You know, it, don't go searching for this film unless you really like it. Unless you watch a trailer and something speaks to you, then by all means, try and find it in theaters. Have fun. But my opinion right now is that keep your just keep your eye on this for it to pop up somewhere on streaming and skip it for right now. It looks funny, but not worth the effort. A Little White Lie gets a 6.5 out of 11. After that, my friends, we have a movie called Children of the Corn. Yes, does sound familiar, right? A limited release, but it's a Shudder original, so it makes me think that it is going to come to Shudder after a while. So this film describes the events leading up to and including the massacre of the adults of a small town in Nebraska by their children. After the adults irresponsibly ruins the crop and the children's future. This stars Elena Kemporis from Jupiter's Legacy and Kate Moyer from Holly Hobby. God, I really did stretch with this one, huh? To find people to talk about. So originally I was assuming this was going to be a movie I was going to put in the limited section. Like very, very ignorable. Like, come on, another Children of the Corn movie? But what made me think this could be worth it, especially if you wait for it to come to Shudder, is the fact that the children actor, at least the main child, doesn't seem terrible. Because that's a thing with kid actors, right? So my wife and I talk about this quite a bit, how two shows we really liked, one of them, One Tree Hill, one of our favorite shows of all time, and another we really liked was Jane the Virgin. The kids who play Mateo in Jane the Virgin aren't good. They are cringy. I hate it when Mateo was on screen. I don't like it one bit. The kid who plays Jamie in One Tree Hill is actually quite good. And all of Jamie's friends, too, are actually quite good. Andre, I just looked it up. Andre, uh, good actors. Like, these kids were good. But for some reason, Jane the Virgin couldn't find a good actor to play the main character's child. Nothing against that kid. I don't blame him. So when I watched the trailer for Children of the Corn, it did catch my eye that this little girl who plays the new Isaac, that, that's the kid's name. I had to look it up again. The new Isaac, she seems really good. Like she was giving a speech in one part of the trailer and I didn't even cringe once. I was like, yeah, f- yeah, kill these adults. <laughs> Wait, that's me. I'm an adult. But that being said, this movie doesn't look bad. It really doesn't. It doesn't look great, but of course, the Children of the Corn movies have never been great. If you look at lists of the best Stephen King books to movies, Children of the Corn is rarely on that list. It always has movies like Shawshank Redemption, Stand By Me, The Shining, It, The Green Mile, things like that. So it doesn't surprise me, nor does it bother me that this is getting a remake. I don't know if it's necessarily a reboot. Because I think that we'll have to wait for us to watch the movie. If it's a reboot, that means that it's going to imply that at least one of the other movies happened. That this isn't just a start over. Because if it is a start over, then it's a remake. And I don't care what anyone else says. My reasoning for reboot versus remake makes sense. Thank you. But let's also be honest. Children of the Corn doesn't look that good either. Kind of like a little white lie. It's something to keep an eye out for to watch later. But don't watch it now. Children of the Corn gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Operation Forches, Ruse de Guerre, I think is how you say it. 
This is getting a nationwide release. Special Agent Orson Fortune and his team of operatives recruit one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars to help them on an undercover mission when the sale of a deadly new weapon technology threatens to disrupt the world order. This stars Jason Statham from Spy, Aubrey Plaza from Ingrid Goes West, Carrie Elways from The Princess Bride, Hugh Grant from Bridget Jones's Diary, Josh Hartnett from The Faculty, and rapper Bugsy Malone. So that is a fantastic cast. This is a spy comedy, kind of like Spy, which Jason Statham was in, which was a fantastic spy comedy. This is a reliable cast, especially for comedies. So this works oh so well. I am very excited to watch this, but I don't think I'm going to make time to go see it in theaters. But here's the thing. If you choose to go see this this week, if you see one movie and you say, you know what, Billiam, screw your pick of the week. I'm going to go watch this instead. Yeah, fine. I think this looks great. A, do whatever you want. I'm not your parent. B, I'm just here to recommend movies to you. And I'm saying that even though this isn't my pick of the week, this is a safe bet for a movie. I watched his trailer and I laughed. I enjoyed myself enough that I know I am going to watch this one day. But it also gave me Lost City vibes. The Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, um, can't remember who else is in it off the top of my head. That film, which I still haven't watched, but I know I'm going to one day because it is a safe bet. But the thing about safe bet movies is that you don't always put the effort into seeing them because you know they're there for you. You know they're there for when you really can't think of something to watch. There it is. And when it's time to watch a movie, when it's movie night at your house, you go, hey, we could watch that. Or we could watch this other thing that it just never makes it to the front of your queue. And this is the vibe I get from this film, that if I did go see it, if I did go see this opening weekend, I think I would have fun. I think it wouldn't be a waste of a movie or a movie ticket, that is. So if you want to go see a movie and laugh, if you want something easy, if you want something lighthearted, this is it. Even though it is a spy comedy, even though like the movie Spy dealt with something serious, but in a way where you never really felt like it was serious. I get that feeling from this. Good cast. It looks like a quality film, and it looks like a good way to spend your time if you're willing. Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, gets an 8 out of 11. Well, my future friends, it's time for the pick of the week, and if you have any idea about the movies coming out, then you know what that pick of the week is, and you know why. The pick of the week for the week of March 3rd, 2023 is called Creed 3. This is a nationwide release. Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. This stars Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther and, you know, the other Creed movies, Tessa Thompson from Thor Ragnarok and the other Creed movies too, Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country, Wood Harris from Ant-Man, and Felicia Rashad from Creed. Yeah, I'm done with that joke. Felicia Rashad from Creed. So Creed 3. Yes, I'm down. Just 100%. Because the Creed franchise is good. I think that this is the best possible way to reboot a franchise, because technically it's a spinoff of Rocky. Sylvester Stallone is not in this one, because as he said, his story was completed in Creed 2. I don't mind that, because now Creed can become its own thing. And unlike Rocky, 
it seems like it's staying good. Because the Rocky movies are good, but for a completely different reason. The first one was honestly a good film. Second one, a little less so. Third one started getting a little silly. And then they got sillier and sillier until they tried to get serious again with Rocky Balboa, which was a good film, and then Creed. But Creed looks like it's trying to keep that, let's keep making movies, but make it actually worthwhile. It looks like they're trying to do that, and I appreciate that. And we're getting more Jonathan Majors, who was just in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and he was in another movie with Glenn Powell. I forgot the name of it. Let me look it up. Devotion is the name of the movie. It's available to stream right now on Paramount+. Plus. But this is Jonathan Majors' year. I think this is Hollywood now realizing what those who are familiar with more streaming television like Lovecraft Country already knew is that he is good and he is worth your time. So Creed 3 borrows its plot from one of the Rockies. I forgot which one. I'm too lazy now to look it up. But we have someone from Adonis's past coming back and eventually he has to fight him. So the first Creed movie kind of mirrored the first Rocky movie. The second Creed movie kind of shadowed Rocky Four, especially with Ivan Drago's kid, or I forgot if it was Ivan Drago's kid or someone he trained, but with Ivan Drago coming back into the mix. And so this Creed movie takes inspiration from another Rocky, but what I like is that it's not a clear ripoff. They do make it their own. It's just showing how Adonis's career and Rocky's career are similar. So watch a trailer for Creed 3 if you haven't already. It it does look good. Even if I had never seen a Creed movie in my life, even if this is my first introduction to it, I would think this movie would be worth your time just because it looks like a good boxing film. And not just a boxing film, a good film overall. It has quality actors in it, and it looks like it's just well done. I know that's easy to do with a big budget film like this, but... From the previous films, we know we can rely on this one, and that is why this is my pick of the week. So Creed 3 gets a 10 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it for the episode. Let me know if you end up watching any of these movies, if you disagree with my views on some of them. If you agree with my views and you want to give me unwavering praise, please let me know. As always, you can find the ways to contact me in the link tree in the show notes, but if you don't know... I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. I'm not super active on Twitter anymore, but I still get notifications. Uh, So if you message me there, I'll probably see it. Instagram, I don't make TikToks, but I am there. So if you see me, you can just send me a message. Email, of course. But my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.